Hi, I'm Fred Schonenberg, and thank you for joining me on the Venture Fuel podcast. At Venture Fuel, we help companies find new solutions by partnering with the best startups from around the world. On the show, you'll learn the secrets of business leaders who tap into startups and the founders driving extraordinary results. We'll consider new ideas, stretch our mindsets beyond the status quo, and in the process, discover how to leap the competition and fuel personal growth. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Venture Fuel Visionaries podcast. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you with my friend, Caroline Lewis. Uh, This was first recorded in July 2020 when she was first launching the Rogue Women's Fund. Uh, The reason we're sharing it with you this week is this Thursday, March 9th, 2023, in New York City, we're hosting our sixth Rogue Women event series, uh, Authenticity to Fuel Growth. It is 9 a.m. to 12.30 in New York City. You can RSVP uh, VentureFuel.net uh, or go to LinkedIn and look up VentureFuel. All the info is there. The lineup is so incredible. We start off today with Sally Krawcheck, uh, who's co-founder and CEO of Elevest. We have the president of the ARP Foundation, Claire Casey. We have execs from Biogen, VF Venture Foundry, Winnebago. We have three startup founders pitching uh, their next generation solutions. And we have an amazing VC panel featuring Caroline. Also, Allison Goldberg, who's the SVP and managing partner of Comcast Ventures, Jenny Fielding, who's the co-founder and managing partner of The Fund, and Shyla Burney, who is the founding and managing partner of Zane Venture Fund. It's an unbelievable lineup. It's great networking. It is free to those of you that are listeners to the Venture Fuel Visionaries podcast. Again, just go to VentureFuel.net. You'll see all the info. We would love to have you there. And please enjoy this conversation with Caroline Lewis. Hi, everyone. Thanks, everybody, um, again, for attending this session. My name is Caroline Lewis. I am the managing partner of the Rogue Women's Fund and also the co-host of this event. Just a little bit about myself, and then I'll go ahead and hand it over to our awesome panelists to introduce themselves. Rogue Women's Fund is part of the Rogue Venture Partners portfolio, and we invest in early stage companies across the U.S. that have female founders. And as you can see from the theme of this entire event, we generally invest in amazing founders who go rogue, make possible the impossible, and just really push and completely own their own power. So I'm really happy to have some of them attend today. We, I'm also proud to say that our fund is over 50% of the investor women, many of them on the event today. And then we also have amazing male advocates that are part of um, the investors in our fund as well. I'll go ahead and hand it over to our awesome panel of investors, my Kaufman Fellowship colleagues. We have Ann Kim with SVB, Terry Burns with Google Ventures, and Dominé Mycroft from Rise and Expoing. So really interesting. Hopefully, you guys can ask some questions too about what you're interested in from an investor viewpoint. Terry, let's go ahead and hand it off to you if you can just introduce yourself and kind of share what you focus on when it comes to investing. Awesome. Thanks, Caroline. Super excited to be here. And hello to everyone from my closet where there's the best lighting and Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'm Carrie Burns. As, as Caroline mentioned, I'm at GB I'm on, on the investing team. We're pretty much a generalist firm. And so we look at companies all across the board, broadly speaking, enterprise, consumer, life sciences, and kind of frontier cutting edge technology. I would say just based on my background and interest area, I sort of split my time between both consumer and enterprise and get really excited about kind of the intersection of the two. Great. Hi, everybody. So I'm Ann Kim. I'm a managing director and sector head of our frontier technology practice at Silicon Valley Bank. So for those that are familiar with the venture ecosystem and startups, 
uh, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, we specialize working with a lot of the venture-backed community, a lot of tech companies that fall into the categories of frontier tech, enterprise software, consumer, fintech, and the life sciences. Um, been there for over a decade, and I'm really trying to focus on companies that fall into different categories of transportation, mobility, aerospace, aviation, robotics, interfaces, and the connected technology. So pretty much everything that has some level of sensor technology here. You know, we're, we're super excited to be here today. Um, again, I know that all these uh, ladies are by Kaufman classmates. And for those who are not familiar, it's an awesome program that really just pulls together, you know, the cream of the crop in the venture world. I'm trying to make us better investors with like a greater goal. So great, Dominic. Thank you, Anne. Good afternoon. Good morning, everyone. I'm Domine Mykoff. I'm an investing director with Boeing Horizon X, which is the venturing arm of the Boeing company. I invest in anything that is impacting the future of transportation. So mobility transformation, anywhere from new platforms, products, uh, new propulsion systems, focusing on sustainability and what will be the future of transportation and especially now post-COVID, how will people be traveling, if at all? <laughs> so I'm uh, really excited to be here and um, have this conversation. Great. And Terry, maybe we'll go back over to you. You know, thank you for sharing what you invest in, but if you can elaborate a little bit more on how you feel some of the changes in this pandemic have influenced what you're looking at investing, whether it's accelerated certain trends that you've already been investing in, whether it's changed things that you look at and just how you see that evolving. Yeah, 100%. I would definitely say a lot of what I've looked at and that my team has looked at has been accelerated, particularly when you think about the enterprise collaboration space. So kind of what I was saying before about the intersection of consumer and enterprise, there's a ton of companies that sort of exist right now. Hopin, which we're on right now, is one of them that allow people to really collaborate with each other that can be sold to enterprises and have the economics and fundamentals of like strong enterprise businesses. but to have the touch and feel of consumer products. So at GB, for example, we're, we're big investors in Slack, which I think is like a great example. Zoom, which is super popular right now, was strictly an enterprise product for a, a long period of time and is now more so transitioning to be a consumer product. And so uh, a, a fundamental thesis is really around how does the future of collaboration look? particularly in the context of the future of work, when we think about how we as human beings will interact with each other if, if we can't travel for you know however long this might last. And so these are things that we were thinking about a lot previously. And then of course, with COVID, that's completely accelerated how we are thinking about and paying attention to and really wanting to make a bet in this space. And so trying to move quickly to understand like how is the world really shaping up and how are we going to continue to collaborate with each other and how does that exist within an enterprise context is something that we're spending a lot of time really doubling down on. Great. And Anne, do you have some thoughts about that? Yeah. So, you know, for our group for Frontier Tech, um, it's typically very IP heavy, right? So it's years of R&D, um, maybe time to market is several years out. And then once the infrastructure is laid out, it goes from pre-revenue, maybe 100 million on an annual run rate. So it's really quite extreme, um, really binary at times. So I think, you know, over the past couple of years, we've seen a ton of mega rounds, right? I think some coming from SoftBank, 
some coming just from the larger players that have really been almost throwing capital at these companies. I think that is less readily available at the moment. And so we're seeing that a lot of our investments and deals that we touch have to have a little bit more of that clear path to revenue, right? I think that we really want to make sure that a lot of these entrepreneurs have that operating experience. Um, It's less of a, uh, I'd say, tests or experiment for entrepreneurs. It's really, how do we help you succeed? How do we optimize your chances, but make sure that you have the right formula for success? Um, a lot of times, as you guys might be hearing about Elon Musk and you know SpaceX has made such a big splash. I think there's been a lot of people coming from the government, uh, research universities, institutions that don't have startup experience, that have great ideas, but we really want to merge the two so that we have great operators with great researchers to produce this next wave of innovation. Great. And Domine, um, any thoughts about how this pandemic has maybe changed some ways that you guys are looking, especially at the future of transportation? Yeah, absolutely. I think it has really raised the bar. So when Terry talked about what the future of work looks like, you know, that obviously impacts us as one of the world's uh, biggest transportation companies. And whether or not business travel is going to pick up first before leisure travel. And now with you know, a lot more folks feeling comfortable working virtually and a lot more companies allowing that, what will be the future of transportation if you don't get on a plane and meet face-to-face? I was uh, reading an article this morning that it's going to, personal time is going to actually be one-on-one time with someone is going to be a luxury. Because if I can get this done, you know, sitting in my office, why would I be spending the time to get to an airport, go through TSA, get on a plane and wonder if I'm going to catch COVID and then, you know, stay in a hotel. And so um, I think that has impacts to the way we're going to be thinking about the world of transportation. And um, we're trying to understand all of that and using a lot of historical metrics like the last time we saw something like this was um, 9-11 and actually before that it was SARS which really took nine months for the airline industry to come back up and then 9-11 it took a good three years for it to come back up so what that means to our airline customers and in turn what that means to us as an OEM so really big challenge but understanding customer preferences and understanding what human, the new norms are going to be in doing business is absolutely critical to the way we look at the new startups that we're going to invest in, frankly, how we're going to look internally within Boeing. So a lot to think about. So I have found that with one of the companies in our portfolio, for example, they were really focused on smart building technology. So this is technology that exists if you do go into an office building to really manage the office, understand the flow of people, temperature, energy efficiency, and multiple other factors. Where they start this intersection of that's really focused on the enterprise level is where it can end up hitting that kind of consumer or really the employee level is that especially with COVID, they now have the technology in place and it's already been existing, but they have the ability to look at, you know, how far away are people from each other who are working together? What is the overall temperature of the room? And so really kind of transitioning from smart building technology to safe building technology in a world that, yes, we're dealing with COVID right now, but as we evolve and look at other potential threats or challenges that we might be facing as large businesses that would be around the globe, how they're going to handle that. So that's one of the companies in our portfolio. And then 
Some other things I think about too is just that overall employee engagement, right? As we start to transition back into a very different way of working where we're going to be both remote, both hands-on, and there's a certain level of uncertainty or fear is kind of a time now more than ever to really have that employee engagement, that human connection, and how do you foster that human connection regularly um, with your employees knowing that they're in a very dispersed workforce. So that future of work where I think it's taken on many different meanings, I'm also really looking kind of more in that HR tech space or space that allows for collaboration and really strong communication across teams, but especially within leaders and their employees and their organization. And why don't you go ahead and kick us off with what kind of advice would you have? We have lots of people on this forum right now that are leaders of startups, leaders within their own organization, maybe not as familiar with the investing world, but just knowing kind of the for all of us that we have uh, some insight more into some of the upcoming technologies or things that are more advanced or further out from now, what kind of advice would you give to either corporate leaders, startup CEOs, just when it comes to this time overall? Um, yeah, so for a lot of the um, startup CEOs and leaders, I'd say that you know, there's a couple things that are more tactical, right? So as you're thinking about fundraising, which should always be top of mind for the CEO or for the management team, there's various sources of capital. So I think that as funding in the VC ecosystem fluctuates, they should be looking at different programs that can provide non-dilutive capital. So I'm sure that you guys may have been familiar with PPP, which was um, a major sort of uh, paycheck protection program that was under the CARES Act. Funds are still available there. So a lot of companies will qualify. Um, also for the super deep tech companies, they should be applying to uh, the government for cyber grants. Cyber SBIR, that's actually the Small Business Innovation Research Funding. But that's something that a lot of people don't really know about. It's actually pretty easy to access. The government's been extremely supportive to deploy capital as quickly as possible. Um, you know, there's a lot of accelerators like the Air Force Accelerator, um, there's a Space Tech Accelerator. And a lot of times the government has also come up with the idea of matching any venture funding that companies might raise because they just really want entrepreneurs who have a strong technology to be able to access the capital. They don't want to turn everybody into CFO. But they do want to make sure that you have a kind of a responsible plan to fund all of your uh, R&D and they want to uh, expedite that process. So that's something to consider for startups. For corporates, I think that, you know, right now, a lot of people are considering M&A um, possibilities. And so uh, it has to be a good match, right? Sometimes it might be a cash position where a company has to sell quickly to corporate, but sometimes it might be a great startup that makes absolute sense for a corporate to buy up. And a lot of times the matchmaking can really be um, beneficial if the corporates have that entrepreneurial mindset. I think a lot of the success stories I've heard are when companies, you know, CEOs, when they get acquired, they're worried about, you know, retention. Can they maintain uh, adequate funding for their technology? Will they have autonomy? Will they have continued support? So the more that a large corporate can demonstrate that they understand the entrepreneurial mindset and want to continue to help support their technology, um, I think that'll be a win for both sides. So that would be, um, yeah, that would be my advice for both the CEOs and for corporates. High level, kind of what I've been observing and thinking a lot about is, is this concept of like wartime CEO versus peacetime CEO. Perhaps it's a bit reductive to categorize two really strong types of CEOs into just two categories. 
But I think the reality is, is it's a really challenging time right now for a lot of corporates and for a lot of startups, depending on whatever sector it is that you're working in. And therefore, um, I think there are unique opportunities in life that affords very specific types of leadership. And to be a startup CEO or a corporate CEO that is just very much able to navigate the nuances of this completely unprecedented time in a way that's moving quickly, that is leaning into all of the resources that are available, whether that is private VC funding or to Anne's point, some of the more government kind of loans and funding or reaching, there's lots of different you know pockets of capital and just really being there for your employees and doing what's right by your product, by your customers, and the people that are working for you. It really looks different from company to company. I think at GV, we have over 450 companies, 300 of which are active. And what every single firm needs is very, very different. But we're facilitating a lot of learning opportunities for our CEOs to sort of get together and think and discuss how can we be of service to everyone around us? Again, clients and customers, again, employees. And so... It might be this sort of you know dichotomy of like wartime versus peacetime CEO, and perhaps right now it's kind of wartime where you're needing to sort of shift your leadership style. But I would say it, you know all that to say in conclusion for leaders during this time to really know very very intimately what your options are, to be able to diligence what direction you can sort of take your company, and to really just do right by people in general is is what's really really needed right now. And I think what I've observed as being some of the best leaders on the startup side and on the corporate side. Dominic, anything to add? Terry, I love what you talked about this being, you know, situation specific, depending on, you know, I feel like both corporate leaders and startups are, you know, having to do with a lot less revenue and really need to manage their burn. Obviously we've all heard about if you're a startup, you want to make sure you have 24 to 36 months of runway, etc. But I do want to take that a, a bit further in terms of, you know, a lot of cuts are happening in terms of leadership. You could do a death by a thousand paper cuts, or you could just do it once and really manage the morale and minimize the negative impacts to your company in terms of if you have to let go of employees. So again, talking about wartime CEOs and you know what happens in time of crisis like this. I know a lot of folks use the saying, good sailors are made when there's a storm. So you know when there is danger, there's opportunity and um, keep on the offensive. And I think once you are continuously as a leader communicating with your team and you're being transparent wherever you can, I think that uh, the team is going to really rally and just I understand for a lot of corporate leaders and for a lot of startups right now, it is a question of survival. But you know, I, I want to emphasize the impact that has on people's morale and just you know doing it in a very respectful way. So I think that would be probably my add to and call to action to a lot of the startup CEOs and investors who advise them, just ensuring that they keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, I think that no matter whether you're a startup CEO or someone who's working in an organization, no matter what leadership level you're at. I think now is a great time where we call it, you know, um, the burning platform, anytime that you want to make significant change or innovation somewhere, right? So now is a great time that if you are a startup and you have an innovation to bring to market or you want to accelerate your market adoption of that innovation, now can be an incredible time for that. Um, especially, I believe, you know, like we heard from Jill earlier, the startups that are 
often the most nimble to to actually change and pivot and to adapt really quickly. Um, and I think taking that mindset, even if in your own position at a corporate leadership role of how do you take this opportunity or this time to make it an opportunity, not just to lead your teams, not just to have that vision and build up the morale, but also to get really lean, to make significant changes within your organization. You know, and the theme of this entire event, maybe actually be rogue, right? Like you can finally kind of have that permission to forge new paths because you have that burning platform behind you and really take on new opportunities. So thank you, the three of you for joining this investor panel, Caroline. I don't know if you have additional things you'd like to give or closing notes. Um, well, just before we head to networking again, and Terry, Domine, thank you guys so much for participating in this event, sharing your thoughts. Really appreciate it. To all the panelists for your stories, um, for your vulnerability and sharing those stories, and to the participants for you know being part of this first virtual event. And um, Shira, of course, all your help in putting this on and organizing it in the back end. It was a little um, chaotic with the technology, but we we got everything working. And so really, really appreciate you guys being part of this. I hope lots of you stay on because the networking is just a great way that we're going to try to replicate what happens in person um, to really connect with amazing women who are part of this and amazing men who are part of this today. So thank you guys again. We hope you enjoyed it. And um, maybe we'll end up doing another one in a few months. So thanks so much. Thanks for having me. The first of many. Thanks so much, Caroline and Kira. Bye. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this uh, blast from the past. It's always cool to kind of think about when things started. And man, has the Real Women's Fund grown and the opportunities uh, created by Caroline, her partners, the startups that they're investing in. It's just become this beautiful thing. And we are so proud to be partners with Caroline at the Real Women event series. Again, that is this Thursday in New York City. March 9th. It's just a morning session. Uh, It's right in Midtown. Uh, So if you're around, we'd love to have you. Just go to VentureFuel.net. You'll see the link to go RSVP, or you can just ping us on LinkedIn at VentureFuel. We'd love to have you there. Unbelievable lineup. Uh, It's going to be something special. So thanks again for listening uh, and hope to see you this Thursday in New York City. Take care.